Hello, listeners. Welcome to this wonderful conversation I'm having with Dr. Pamela Eakins. My name is Cindy Silva. I have invited Pamela to come and talk about her brilliant work, Tarot of the Spirit, in uh, with my intention was to really complement a class that I'm offering called Genetic Alchemy and the correlation between the tarot, the ten powers of the universe, and the human design body graph and the Gene Keys Golden Path. Let me introduce you to Pamela Eakins, and then I'll have her come forward and talk about her wonderful work and the books that she has available. Dr. Eakins is a sociologist and visionary cosmologist. She has taught at Stanford University, the University of Colorado, the California Institute of Integral Studies, and Pacific Center. Her books include Tarot of the Spirit, Kabbalah and Tarot of the Spirit, The Lightning Papers, Visionary Cosmology, Mothers in Transition, The American Way of Birth, Passages for a Spiritual Birth, Heart, Breath and Graceful Movement, Love Sonnets, Cosmic Interiors, and Priestess. Pamela founded the Andorex Mystery Pacific Mystery School and Terra Nova Seminary, where she now teaches. Welcome, Pamela. Oh, thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, thank you. I'm laughing a little <laughs> bit at that long list of books that you just read. It's like, oh, my gosh, really? Uh, and is this relevant right now? I'll tell you, the, the four books that are relevant, which I call the Cosmic Quartet, that's my name for the books, uh, the set of books, because they all are directly related to what you are doing. And those are Tarot of the Spirit and then Kabbalah and Tarot of the Spirit. Those two do not overlap very much. And then um, the Lightning Papers, Ten Powers of Evolution, you know, which is also, it's a fictitious book. It's actually a novel, but it moves through the levels and layers that you are talking about. And then the, the last one is Visionary Cosmology, The New Paradigm. That is the one I would really highly recommend for people. It's really a short, it's a short book. And it's short, but it's, in a sense, it's densely packed because it's got a lot of science in it. And I think the uh, people that you're talking to, um, your audience, our audience right now, would really like that book, just so to narrow that down a little bit, you know. Anyway, anyway I'm happy to be with you, Cindy. Yes. Mm. Oh, I feel very fortunate to have you. You're one of my favorite teachers and such a prolific writer. I love picking up the book Tarot of the Spirit. I have my deck always available and really love the imagery, the beautiful paintings that your mother created for the deck. And let me just share with our listeners that you can learn more about that at Pamela's website, tarotofthespirit.com, and also more about Pamela at pamelaeakins.net. On the screen right now, I'm showing for those of you that are tuning into the replay on the um, internet, we have the book Tarot of the Spirit, the Visionary Cosmology, the New Paradigm that Pamela just mentioned, as well as a cover of the Lightning Papers, the Ten Powers of Evolution. And that's really what we're holding space for today is that conversation. 
And I see that there is a quote on the top of that Lightning Papers book by Brian Swim. And I just want to give a shout-out to that because uh, I've also been tuning into his videos, uh, the story of the universe.org, and really enjoying his perspective on the cosmic um, passage through into form, so how the universe becomes informed. And on this next image, I'm showing an image of the Eight of Fire called the Lightning Path, and this is one of the cards out of Pamela's uh, deck. And I'd love for you just to share a little bit about this card, Pamela. Okay, yes. Uh, let me mention Brian Swim first, since you mentioned Brian. So Brian and I collaborated together for many years, and we developed together um, this much of the work in the Lightning Papers. We also taught together. We taught classes together. And uh, the Visionary Cosmology, the New Paradigm, which is, uh, so, yeah, it was actually a question about how much he was going to co-author some of this material with me. So, But I wound up doing um, the bulk of it. Anyway, so that's the story of Brian. Uh, we have a very close past. And then on to the Eight of Fire, the Lightning Path, which I'm just pulling out of my deck. I always have my deck sitting here. I can barely walk. I'm sitting in my office right now. I can barely walk past my deck without doing a reading. I read, I work with the cards every single day for myself. And this card, the Eight of Fire, is, <clears throat> excuse me, is one of my very favorite cards. Maybe it's my favorite card. And probably for the same reasons you're referring to it right now. Because this card illuminates uh, the entire tree of life. Oh, let me say about this deck. Indeed, my mother painted these cards. We created this deck in the 80s, and when we began this deck, there were only seven decks on the market, seven tarot decks. It took us seven oh, years to do Yeah, unbelievable. It took us seven years to do the deck. It's very in-depth. It's very advanced. And uh, it's, it's a Kabbalistic tarot deck which means the entire deck is based on the tree of life and the Kabbalah. And this is uh, what I want to tell you about this. Every single card in this deck is painted on a diagram of the tree of life. So you can see, and also the deck comes with an overlay, a transparent overlay of the tree of life. So you can put that overlay on top of any of the cards and see what is, uh, elucidated on the card. Also, the colors on the cards, every single color on the cards, um, they're all Kabbalistic colors. And so, yeah, so this is a very in-depth deck. And, yeah, and just to complete that thing about when we started, there were seven tarot decks on the market, seven years. By the time we finished mm -hmm. with this project, there were 700 decks on the market, and probably now there are 7,000 decks on the market. So, but the, so we thought, oh, well, we, we kind of missed the boat here. We, you know, we thought we were doing something that was pretty unique at the time. But it turns out the whole, the sensibility for creating these oracles, not just the tarot, but the runes, the, um, 
the I Ching, the medicine cards, everything was coming out at the same time for the inner journey, which is something that I know you are really interested in. You know, this inward, deep inward journey, because we realized this was a movement, it turns out, because we realized mm -hmm. we did not have uh, leadership, we did not have direction, we did not know where we were going, and eventually we came to understand, you know, we are the ones we were looking for, you know, we're it, we're uh -huh. the ones, we've got to make this happen, you know. So we are using this this uh, material, these all these uh, oracular materials that became available to us as uh, as guides for our inner journey. So when we're looking at, okay, and also the Tarot of the Spirit, turned out to be, as it turns out, because it was an advanced deck, what happened was when people started going through the more basic decks, they would wind up finding ours, which was really great. So it has been around and in print for 25 years now with U.S. games, and it's still as relevant today as it was when we created it, because it's based on the classic uh, Tree of Life in Kabbalah, and because that morphs with each person who looks at it. So anyway, back to the Eight of Fire. <laughs> so that's a, a long um, introduction to the Eight of Fire. But the Eight of Fire card, what you're seeing in that card is you're seeing all the different spheres of the Tree of Life uh, illuminated, and you can see exactly how they fall on the card. And basically what that means is the... Um, the Eight of Fire depicts the uh, the lightning path, the lightning flash, and what that is is it's like when uh, when you're looking at a dark landscape, and then suddenly the lightning comes and it illuminates. It it comes all at once and it it illuminates the landscape so that you can see everything at the same time and it all becomes very clear. And that's what this is. It's like you're walking around in darkness and all of a sudden here comes the lightning and it connects all of the pieces. And you now see, oh, this is what it is. This is what it looks like. This is the entirety of the vision all at the same time. And then, then it initiates very rapid movement, uh, especially from a spiritual perspective because it's a spiritual card. Fire is the suit of spirit. And eight is the place of movement. It's symbolization of movement. Okay, so that's enough. I think about that card right now. It's but it's a lot. It's a lot because this card symbolizes really uh, the whole of the tree of life in one flash, one moment. Hmm. Thank you. I think you set us up beautifully for the conversation. It's like um, an epiphany where you see how all the parts fit as one whole instead of separate separate systems. Mm -hmm. They all come together as one. That's the beautiful thing that we're really integrating in this course that I'm offering. So thank you for bringing that home with this mm -hmm. introduction. That's great. So I'm going to be sharing the slide that has a list of the ten powers of the universe and the lightning path based on um, just little definitions. I know you can't see the screen, so Pamela, I'll read um, to you what I have so it's what the 
listeners and the viewers are seeing, and then I'll have you comment on that. Um, each sphere is that. Does that work for you? Would that sure. Be a good way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. So at the top sphere, number one, we have centration, and it says you are the center of the universe, birthing a new creation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this, uh, of course, this re- relates to all the ones in the tarot. That is the place all the ones fit. So one is a new beginning. So we'll, we we can just look at the, we'll look at the first level of this, you know, talk about the top level, which is just an entry point, because you can go deeper and deeper and deeper with this material. But in that place of the one, this is the place of that moment of awakening as an individual living being on the path of free will. It's the place of I am, I am. It's the first point in recognition, in the recognition of an individual existence. And I'll just say about that, what is so amazing about individual existence is that our universe, we we start to become very scientific about this because our universe, this universe that we live in specializes in individuality, which is amazing. It's this individual, uh, the creation of individuals. Uh, We're talking about, let's say, individual um, if you look at a field of flowers, maybe they all look the same, but they're not. Each one is an individual with its own path. Each tree, each planet, the, such as the planet Earth, is completely individual. There may be other planets that are similar to Earth, but they're not Earth. Our solar system, our sun, very individual star. So. It goes on and on through the universe the bigger we get. Each galaxy is individual. And then now we've learned, and this is so amazing, that we used to think that atoms, for example, were basically clones of one another. And now we know that as far down as we can go in terms of small spaces, like say what we consider a small space to be an atom, is actually an individual universe unto itself because there are um, smaller and smaller particles popping forth inside that atom that the better our tools are, the more we can see them. So as it turns out, each atom is its own individual universe and no two atoms are the same. So, So that's, I'm making a case for this thing we're calling centration. I always call it, centration means means that the whole of the universe is focusing, or maybe not the whole of the universe, but an aspect of the field of the universe is focusing on uh, bringing forth a singular individual creation. That's where it starts. So that would be you, you as a, as a singular being. I also call that space so I'll use the term centration sometimes, and I also call it 
uh, uh, original being. And here is the place of origination. Three notes on origination. Origination means uh, each, each individual is original. Okay, and that means that the universe from the very beginning has been combining and recombining ingredients and energies to create this individual. So this individual comes from the origin. Everything is in a uh, state of, it's in a process, it's a process. And uh, so here is this original being who comes from the origin. Secondly, the original being is unique in every way. I mean, not in every way, because we all share, for example, as humans on the planet Earth, we all share a significant portion of Earth's DNA. But there's a place where our DNA differentiates and no two individuals are the same or ever have been, period. Mm -hmm. So we are original, original. And there's a major reason for that in terms of the evolution of the universe. And then the next point is we also originate. We are original and we originate uh, the uh, basically everything that happens, the future. We are original beings. So there are these three aspects of, uh, of origination that are really important because here's the bottom line, Cindy. This is the most important part. These, this power, you might call it, of the universe, this number one, the first power, this is alive inside of us because we are the universe. And that is the big breakthrough. The universe is not out there someplace. It doesn't exist out there. We are the universe blossoming, rising out of its own being. And we contain all the powers of the universe. And I know that's where you're going with this, or I I feel that's where you're going with this. You know, we are living universe on the path of free will, which is very profound because this is not what we've been, um, it's not what our culture has been working with for a long time. This is something uh, that is being introduced into our culture right now. Here's the other thing that I want to mention about that, being that, uh, original centrated being, we are also right in this exact moment, state of the art creation. We are the state of the art universe in the present moment. This is the cutting edge right now of universal evolution, and we are alive inside of it. Every single person listening to this, you and me and every person, here we are. We're right at the cutting edge of evolution. So that's something about that um, centration. So critical, so important to understand. It's like, yes, you're it, I'm it, we're it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, I feel my body just teeming with excitement hearing your words and the recognition of a knowing inside that wants to come from a subconscious level into a conscious level and be played out in a um experiment. So I'm really happy that we're getting to bring this forward and share it with others who are also attracted to this. So that brings up our second sphere of allurement and um the 
definition here is gravitational bond and attraction, what you are attracted Mm -hmm. to and why. Get curious Mm -hmm. because it's a mystery why each of us are attracted to what we're attracted to and and it's all so unique, really reflecting Mm -hmm. on what you said about original. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I like what you said about experiment because this is, we are the experiment of the universe. We are the universe experimenting with itself. We are the universe with the eyes to see itself, the ears to hear itself, and to reflect upon its own journey. You know, so when, when we come, when we are born, oh, wait, first I want to say another, um, something else about this. Here's another reason this is so important, what you're doing and what we're doing. It's because what we are in the business of doing is entering into a new story, creating a new story for ourselves and a new story for our species because we live by stories. That's what we do. We are bringing forth a story that describes ourselves in a new way, a different way, a way we have not known ourselves, a way it's actually a new paradigm. And the paradigm moves us um, out of a place of alienation into a place of belonging. And the alienation comes from the idea, it comes from the idea of believing that the universe is out there somewhere and we're strangers here and we don't belong, very common feeling. And we wind up with a sense of disconnect, like what am I doing here? What am I doing in this family? What am I doing in this country? What am I doing in this school? Whatever it is. Um, And what we learn is, whoa, you are absolutely meant to be here. And let me just say, in my book, Visionary Cosmology, I outline the two paradigms side by side. So you can see, oh, you know, here is uh, the paradigm that goes with the, the old paradigm of industrial mind that um, that we have been living by in our culture. And so an industrial mind, uh, so I called it industrial mind and synergistic mind. I call the new paradigm synergistic mind. So in with industrial mind, the idea of centration, the definition of self in centration is the universe is out there, I'm a stranger here, I'm alone, I'm isolated, I'm alienated. In synergistic mind, and that's when we see how the whole thing fits together, it shifts Mm -hmm. into I belong here, I am made of universe, I am universe evolving. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then then we go to number two, right? Okay, and (laughs) I I feel like it's okay to spend more time like uh, here in in the beginning um, because you can really see if you get the idea that this, the beginning of this signals the the paradigm shift. This is the paradigm shift. This is what we've been looking for, right? And here we are in the paradigm yeah. shift. So now we go into I want to just two. add a little oh, piece ahead. here that yeah. before it, I lose it because it was really um, just something lit up when you said synergistic mind and mm-hmm. where... It's, it reminds me of the lightning flash and the aid of fire is that maybe mm-hmm. that is the awakening of the synergistic mind where we see how everything fits and we move from the the alternative, what you just described as seeing the feeling that we don't belong here, and then the lightning flash comes and it awakens that synergistic mm-hmm. mind and we see the vision and then we can start 
allowing that which is creating through us to have greater bandwidth to to be self, yes. uh, a self-reflecting yep. consciousness vehicle. Right. And it's and it isn't even just creating through us. We are it. We are mm-hmm. it. This is a complete redefinition of who we thought we were. We are the universe. You know, it's not mm-hmm. as if there's some force or power that is moving us. We're it. And we contain the powers and we are. If we, see, if we, <laughs> my feeling, Cindy, is if we only did this one, like the first power, and we, you know, you and I, I mean, and then we, we really got into that and understood it, everything else would fall into place. You know, it's just mm-hmm. that powerful. But just going and then going to the number two, which I call attraction. Okay, so I have different names that I use, but let's use the term attraction right now because that is the most common, most commonly used idea. Okay, so we're born with these in, we're born as an individual. And then secondly, being born as an individual, we are born with, with attractions. We come in with specific attractions. And there's a reason for that, too. You know, so we, we not only come in with these attractions, but we, uh, we also were predisposed to be attracted to, um, uh, just various things in, in this life that create our aspirations, basically. You know, and so, so if we follow our attractions and we move forward with our attractions, we are honoring what the universe within is wanting to do. So this, again, this has to do with our aspirations. So if we look at, again, if we look at the culture that we primarily live within, which is industrial consciousness, uh, in general, our desires and the things that we want are based on insecurities and fears and a need for belonging, which grows out of the idea that we don't belong here. But with the synergistic consciousness, which is exemplified by the eight of fire here, uh, we move into a space of recognition of and taking responsibility for our innate cosmological gifts, our gifts. And that is how the universe begins to unfold. And also, also I'll say about the two here, the space of the two, the second sphere, is that this place is also considered to be a male sphere. And male means uh, moving outward. It's charged with energy, and it's an emitting force. And I love that because right at the top of the tree of life, we have the, the uh, one, which is the individual nature, and also has some other layers with it that we're not going to talk about today. But then we have the two, which is the male and movement uh, aspect caused by whatever it is we, we may be drawn toward or what is calling us. That's the allurement part. It's what is calling us. And one of the secrets is that to which you are drawn has been calling you from the beginning. It's a mystery. It's one of these incredible mysteries, right? And basically what we're called into is the third sphere, whatever is going to be existing in the third sphere, which is female. That is the female aspect of ourselves that is open to receive, to receive, to receive. So we have this emission and reception. 
But all those things work together, the one, two, and three. And that one, two, and three, that triangle of one, two, and three, which is individual, you might call it, and then male and female aspects of ourselves working together create basically our cosmological worldview, who we are and what we're drawn to and what we're receiving. And then it's going to come into, in the number three, I'm leaping ahead a little bit, but it's going to come into what are we giving birth to because we're the universe um, giving birth to itself, essentially, to its own future. So I left ahead without, uh, but I'd like to hear, you know, what what you have, uh, what, uh, you know, your introduction on the number three. Yes. What's listed, it says emergence, an ongoing creative event coming from within the attraction. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Okay, and so, again, I use various words for these, and the word that I'm using right now that I really like is creation for number three. So so creation is about our imagination and what we're going to bring forward in our imagination. And so, you know, basically in the industrial consciousness, because I'm thinking about these two paradigms side by side, because what I want, what I really want is for us to move into this new paradigm, this new form of consciousness, which is so beautifully connected with the tree of life and the tarot. The tarot can just carry us right into it. So in this industrial mind, in the third space, we imagine and create a world that rewards individual achievement basically at any price. Now, this, this is, in the long run, this we're seeing, this does not work. This is, is not something that's going to work for us. In, in synergistic mind, we imagine and create an integrated, integral world that cherishes and sustains and celebrates diversity. Mm-hmm. This is what we want to bring forward when we look at the whole synergy and how it all fits together. You know, and this has to do with all of our, um, everything that is out of place, uh, you know, oh my gosh, gender issues, race issues, um, global warming, war, all of it. We want to bring forward, we have to, we need to, the universe wants to bring forward a new kind of world, you know, basically with a new paradigm. And I don't know if I'm going to talk about this, the new paradigm right now anymore because I know our time is limited and I know you want to go through the rest of these. But I think if we just have that one, two, and three as our foundation, uh, maybe we can go a little bit more quickly through through the rest. And I, I think everybody knows, but I'll just mention, you know, the three is going to be corresponding to all the threes in the tarot, the four threes in the different suits. Uh, in our deck, it's called the fire, the water, the wind, and the earth. You know, the two corresponds to the twos. The three also corresponds to the feminine. So all of the female aspects are going to be contained, are going to have something to do with that um, that sphere number three. All of the mothers or the, the queens are going to live in or around that sphere. And then in the two, if we back up to the two, that's the male. So we're going to have all of the, in our deck, it's the fathers uh, living in or around um, the, that sphere as well. You know, so we're not talking about the other cards right now, but there are other cards that are going to be correlating 
uh, to those spheres as well. Yeah. This is a lot. It is a lot. I know. I am very aware of how deep this is. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not easy to contain the universe. I mean, the the limitation (laughs) of time that you mentioned it makes me aware that yeah, that the the universe has to work within limitation to experience itself. It's Mm -hmm. physical, right? Like that's right. process of uh mm-hmm. like it looks to me like an, an involutionary path as the instead of an evolutionary which is the physical evolving towards more light and expansion where this involutionary path is the universe this huge vast formlessness becoming uh itself a physical experience and, and dawning in awareness as yeah, you move through these so this fourth sphere that I've listed here is homeostasis. The memory to oh, yeah, I, has been gained and built uh, upon. Yeah, I see you, you're using Brian's terms here. So this is yeah, I am, and, that, right? and I, I then I have to translate each one of them because those aren't the terms that I use. But I recognize that you're using his terms. So um, I am. I'm gonna. I'm, I know I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna call number four stabilization. And so I'll talk about okay. four and five together, and that'll make it a, a little bit easier to uh, to move through. So number four is uh, stabilization, okay? And stabilization is where we evolve secure systems to protect essentially uh, whatever it is we have given birth to. So we're going to try to – we're going to work to stabilize the things that are worth stabilizing and the things that we – uh, that we really care about. But even in the best of situations, that stabilization can get disrupted. So then we have the number five. And five is the place of cataclysm. Five is the place of disruption. Five is the place of destruction, of things falling apart. It's the place of catabolism, breaking down, where four is building up. But those two things are always going to be working together, the building up. Those are the four fours, the building up and the stabilizing and the securing. And then something comes in sideways because this is the nature of the universe and then breaks it down. Or sometimes we want to break it down because it becomes too um, too rigid, uh, too oppressive. Anything can happen. And then a thing that we haven't talked about is, for example, between the four and the five is a path of a major arcana card. The major arcana cards move between all of these different spheres. So that major arcana card, by the way, between the four and the five, which I think is interesting, is the path of strength. That's the number eight, the path of strength. So and strength isn't all in being inside the four energy or being inside the five energy. Strength is being is using all our intuition uh, moving between are we building up or are we taking down because we need equal parts of that. Too much of a buildup creates uh, cancer, for example. You know, so we need a breakdown. We need, we need the balance between the two, between the four and the five. So those two, mm-hmm. yeah. we can look at as a kind of a pairing. They're sort of a pairing on the tree. 
Yeah, yeah I like then, another uh, level of the two and three, the yin and yang in a different form. Definitely, definitely, right. That strength between the two of them is called one of the girders of the tree. It holds up the tree of life. And we have the same type of thing happening between the the two and the three and then the seven and the eight. You know, when you look at the eight of fire, you can see those three girders going across, um, holding up the tree uh, holding the, the, the tree together. Yeah. So, and then, then it moves into, is it okay if I just move into the six? Yes. Because I'm just oh, thinking sure. about in the interest of time here. So four, five, and six, just like one, two, and three is a major triangle, they call it, of the, the, uh, tree of life. Four, five, and six is another triangle because four and five are then mediated by the six. So six is the mediating intelligence. By the way, all of these spheres have an intelligence associated with them. There are many, many correspondences that go along with these um, spheres. But six, which you don't see the six uh, well illuminated on the particular card, the eight of fire, because it, but it, it, where it is, is it's ha- halfway between the um, number five and the number seven sphere. So it's in the very middle of the tree of life on the middle pillar, which on the eight of fire, we're seeing it as the blue, uh, the blue pillar that goes down the middle of the card. So the six is, is on that pillar. And the six is actually the key to all of it because the, the, the six is, um, is synergy. That's where synergy lives is right in the six. And synergy is holding all of the spheres and then working uh, with those, integrating all of the different aspects and, and knowing what parts are uh, right for us, which ones we're working with. The six is where we determine, yes, this is the piece that I will be working with. And the six is the place of, uh, of higher awareness, enlightenment, truth, beauty, everything. And it's, it is like a... If the four, five, and six work together, the six is kind of like a fulcrum that holds all the energies of four in one hand, you might say, and all the energies of five in the other hand, and then draws on them uh, as, as needed. But we want to basically live in the place of the six. We want to live in the place of those four sixes. Those four sixes in the Tarot would be the, the six of fire is a place of uh, having been through the battle, uh, the battles in our lives, growing up out of the battlefield, and then uh, with the realization of these fruits of the battle, what we have learned, and then making our offering into the world, making our offering is what the Six of Fire is about. Six of Water is about living in faith, knowing it's all going to be okay. And the six of wind, which is a mental place or a place of consciousness, is about living in a state of clarity. Yes, I am clear. I understand what's happening. And then the six of earth, these are cumulative too, fire, water, air, and earth, because earth contains the fire, the water, and the air, spirit, heart, and mind. So in the earth, the earth is a place of, of beauty. It's the beauty way, the six of earth. Beauty before me, behind me, above me, below me, all around me, inside me. May I walk in beauty. And that's, those are the four sixes. And that is the place we, we want to live from and what we want to balance the four and the five energies with. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, yes. 
It reminds me of the magnetic monopole in the human design system. It's the knowing who you are and where you're going in life. It's this um, being in alignment with with truth and um, mm-hmm. your position amongst the whole, your relatedness to the whole. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, right. Yeah, a, and the seven, uh, the transmutation, I'm also really tracking as you're speaking like that this path is something that we can recognize also in anything that we're creating goes through a process like that. If we're bringing a product into the world or an idea or writing a book, it'll go through this process of Mm -hmm. where things come together, fall apart, come together, fall apart in uh, different levels before they get Mm -hmm. perfected and ready to be uh, recognized. And um, and the timing is really uh, important because, as you mentioned, when you brought this work out in the 80s your deck and everything was on that leading edge and now it feels like more people are ready for it and what's beautiful about your work is that it's had all this gestation time and it's been seeded and it it comes from an ancient um, the origins and the mystical origins and I just feel like it has such a deep deep root um that it's stabilizing where some of the others that aren't as integrated can have their value and bring insights. But this, it's psychoactive. I don't know um, Mm. how that lands for you, but that's been my experience. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, I mean, for me it is psychoactive as well, and that is um, certainly, that's one of the words that we used early on in describing it. Actually, I forgot about that word. Psychoactive is uh, the, um, was part of the creation. And so, and it's a perfect way, a perfect segue into the seven because, so now we're using the term transmutation. Okay, Brian and I developed these terms together, uh, all those terms that um, you're talking about. And then what what happened is both of us have veered into other um, dimensions of okay what is the essence of these powers so so we we were bringing those forward and then we have gone um, far deeper I think um, actually I'm not sure how he's using them right now but I know that I have spent the last because when when were these, these terms developed? You know, we're talking about 2003, 2004, you know, for the terms that you have up on the um, screen. Okay, so now I've moved quite far beyond um, some of those things. But transmutation is the word, is a word that I love. Uh, that was one of the words that we were developing back uh, in the day. And uh, so symbolization, I mean, excuse me, transmutation is about, that's the number seven. And in that Fear, that fear is about going deeper because if we're going to get out, sometimes we can move back and forth between the four and the five, the way they're linked. You know, the four is, is the, that stabilization and the five is the disruption and the cataclysm. And we can just go back and forth. You know, things get disrupted, so um, now we're going to stabilize them. Then they get disrupted again, and now we're going to stabilize them. And we just keep moving back and forth. But the seven, what the seven is, is that is seeking new information. So 
when we move into the seven energy, that's where we're moving into the energy of the vision, what I call the vision quest. It's like we need to seek new information uh, metaphorically or really, you know, we are going to go on a vision quest and find information, new information to put into the equation, whatever the equation is that we're working on. And eventually what is going to happen is uh, once we understand what we are looking for, well, I will say that I'll bring in the eight because the eight is the place where we get it, where we get what we are seeking. We finally understand. And I'll give you an example of that. So let's say at the the seven energy is where the Buddha is walking in the world and sees pain, suffering, old age, and death and doesn't understand it and says, okay, he says, okay, I'm going to sit under this tree until I get why this is, and I'm not leaving until I do, period. That's the seven energy. And then he sits under the tree and comes to a deep understanding, and 49 days later, aha, okay, I get it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And he touches the earth as earth is my witness. I get it now. I understand. I absolutely get it. He gets up and walks away, and uh, someone says to him, oh, what happened, what happened, what happened? He says, I woke up, that's it, I woke up, I get it. And so the minute of awakening is the eight. And the eight is the place I call symbolization. That is where we can name it. We can name what happened. And the minute we can name that new level of energy, see, today in this conversation, that's what we're doing. We're naming new kinds of energies. The minute we name them, they can fly out and Seed the field. We haven't even talked about the field. The field is the underlying, the field is the whole universe that is underlying the emergence of the one. And so part of what we're doing here, what you you and I and then also the people who are listening, is we are creating the field. We're not only creating ourselves, but we're seeding the field. So between that number seven and the number eight, the transmutation um, the aha, aha awakening, and moving into the eight, the naming it, you know, and we're looking at the, I mean, part of what we're looking at here is the eight of fire still, you know, it's uh, sort of floating the eight of fire on the table, uh, so to speak, that um, that's an eight card. It's a spirit card because fire is spirit. So this is like spiritually understanding how the whole thing fits together and being able to name it in the eight of fire. It's like, yes, I get it. You know, as earth is my witness, I see how it all fits together. So that's the seven and the eight. And seven, eight, and nine create the third triangle. New new vision. New new vision. vision. It's a new vision. So the eight is the new vision. And this, this applies on many, many, many levels. Okay, so... um yeah, and so what we want to do is we want to come up with new new patterns and new symbols. Well, we can create symbols out of what we are learning in the seven, and we can, what I call, lob the symbols into the field. That, for me, that's what writing is about. I call it lobbing fireballs, lobbing fireballs into the field uh, because, you know, they, we can symbolize it with a word, 
or with a picture or something like that, what it is we want to bring forward, and then we put it in the field. Okay, so then the seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, and nine are the third triangle. And so those three also work together, um, the seven being the vision quest, the eight being the naming of what has happened. And then the nine is the place of absorption, absorption where all of it moves into the deep uh, subconscious of ourselves and the collective and where it all becomes absorbed. And then uh, just leaping into the ten, the ten, uh, right now I'm calling it the power of radiance. And in the 10 is where we are radiating everything that we've learned on that path of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And then 10, we are radiating it out and we are walking that path on the earth, on the planet. So 10, 10 is the, um, the, the culmination of all our sensibilities. So whatever we're pouring into ourselves, wherever we're putting our attention, that goes all the way back to the two. Uh, whatever we're giving birth to, all of that is what we are radiating into the world with the ten. So this is the this is the ten powers, and right now I'm calling the tenth power radiance. But you know, I have lots of different names that I I use for these ten powers. They're they're not carved in stone. The names of them, um, like in the number three, I have uh, a number of. Um, a number of words that I use. One of them I like is genesis. It's like, what are we going to generate? What are we going to bring forward? What is going to be the next layer? So, and there, it's not necessarily all linear that it goes through the process one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, because, you know, all the time, many, many things are happening and they're feeding in. There are many, many, many variables. And so once we learn this uh, system, then we can um, we can leap around in it. You know, that's like doing a tarot reading or something like that. You would be you would be wielding the system, but it happens in everyday life where we're constantly wielding the system in the different aspects of this uh, system. So okay, so there we go. It's like yeah, this is the, basically, basically the ten the ten powers the ten powers of the tree of life. Um, ten powers of uh, of the tarot, you know, in the one through ten, and then there's going to be a relationship with the major arcana. But this is a little bit too much to talk about right now. But there will be a relationship between the number one and then the number one in the major arcana as well, which that's the magus or the magician, you know, and and so on. So there is a relationship, but but we're gonna uh, unfortunately we'll have to say that for um, another yeah. time. But I think well, getting the 10 I'll definitely you know, invite you back. Yeah, oh, I'd love, I would love, love to. to. I would love to say something. Uh-huh, you are on fire, girl. So I wanted to say uh-huh. something about the 10th sphere <laughs> and the, the Earth sister because oh, that good. really is the vessel for the the completion here of the perfected mm-hmm. form that houses the universe, mm-hmm. and there's no accident that you've chosen this image for the cover of your book. So I'd love to have you mm-hmm. say a few things uh, about the Earth Sister and the Tenth Sphere. Great. Okay. So uh, to reiterate, and I'll, so I can complete this 
uh, this idea for everybody. The the fathers live in or around the number two uh, place of attraction and movement. The mothers live in or around the three, which is the place of birthing the universe, basically receiving and then birthing the universe. The brothers live in and around the six, which is enlightened consciousness. That's a thought process. And then the sisters live in or around the ten, all four sisters. And the this is, I, I mentioned this before, but these suits are cumulative, fire, water, air, and earth, because earth, which is manifestation, must contain the other three, which is the spirit, the heart, and the mind. It's the, the energy, the emotions, and then the consciousness, and it's all contained in the place of manifestation, uh, which is the earth. So the earth sister is the power of manifestation containing the spirit, heart, and mind in all ten powers, right? So you see how she contains all ten powers, and she contains, in a certain sense, all the other sisters, uh, which would be, you know, fire sister, water sister, and wind sister. Okay, so earth sister is you and me basically walking this path on the planet. And when we look at the, the earth sister card, we see that she is, um, she's pregnant. She's pregnant with herself. She's pregnant with the future. Uh, She, having been through all these ten powers and understanding all these ten powers and how they manifest, she has been through what we call all the, uh, all the levels of the, quote, minor initiations. And they're not minor either. That's really sort of a misnomer because they're huge initiations. She has already passed through so many initiations that now she is ready. She's on her feet and she is ready to face anything that comes up. She is ready to go. She is, she is consciousness in fruition. She is spirituality in fruition. She is relationship and caring in fruition. And everything is working together. And she is walking this path as the uh, living, completed, uh, in a certain sense, um, being. Although we're, we're never complete. It's never a done deal because we're continually learning. But she is one who is open and ready and good to go for the, the continual learning process. And really, it's, as, as I said, right. you, you're her. You are Earth Sister. You know, we are Earth Sister walking on this planet. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You're and right, is- Cindy. I'm on fire with all this. I mean, we can go <laughs> I mean, I'm totally on fire with this. I love this material. I, it, to yeah. me, it, there's, it's, there's so much, oh, my gosh, it's just so, um, you know, juicy. There's a word I haven't used for a long time, but it, there's just so much juice in it. And it's so exciting to, um, you know, to get into this place where we're actually shifting our whole consciousness for the future of this planet, you know, for the future of this country. Because uh, I'm also, I'm an activist, you know, and it's like, yes, um, we are definitely shifting our consciousness um, into a new direction as Earth's sister. So there we go. Yes, and 
it's good to have a, an informed activist that makes a huge difference. And informed, in this case, being you know the whole universe informed within your form. It's just a beautiful mm-hmm. platform to come from to understand the whole picture. And I I did pull one quote out of the book of um, the Earth Sister section. It says she is an innovator, but she has moved through the systems and understands firsthand its limits. Therefore, she is qualified. So I wanted to know if you would comment on this, understand its limits, and and how that makes her qualified. Mm. Mm. That's interesting because that is not um, a quote, you know, that I have thought about for a while. But, okay, so she is not going to allow herself to become to become contained by images of limitation and some settings in some settings might limit her uh, her ability to become the totality of who she really is who she actually is so if we go back to just for a moment in industrial mind, so if we go back to the power of radiance, number 10, in industrial mind, what winds up happening in the industrial mindset, industrial consciousness, is that when we feel alienated, uh, when we feel insecure, when in the number four in that place, we would be protecting our belongings and things like that. That's That would be the stability. Um, the five would be fear, like fear that... Uh, that, that somebody is going to get get us. That's where the violence and war comes from. Um, and then with the transmutation, instead of seeking this like the huge vision quest, what happens with uh, transmutation in the industrial mind is we we numb out, we escape with substances. Instead of going on a vision quest, you know, we we play video games and things like that. Okay, so and then what winds up happening in the end what we're taking in is a dimmed-down version of ourselves. And then in radiance, the power of radiance number 10, we wind up living a dimmed-down life with the potential feeling of alienation. And so and this can happen to the one who would be the earth sister in all her power because in the synergistic mind, what happens with the earth sister in her power in number 10 she is radiating cosmological beauty. She experiences herself as having an efficacious, effective participation in human culture and destiny. And she is working within the greater cosmological community. And she has um, an inalienable sense of belonging. Okay, but I, want, I just want to say one more thing about this. Like personally, when you read the quote, I had a personal hit on it which was I thought of some of the limitations I experienced in the university system because within the university, (laughs) within the university, the languaging and so on wasn't anywhere near what we're talking about here right now. I mean, not anywhere near. Okay, so there are limitations within that system. I mean, it's okay that they're there. Um, there are limitations formed by doing, um, uh, well, like I've been a researcher, you know, so with your research, your scientific research, 
um, you have to set up your your research projects in certain ways and everything. But we're we're using a language when we do that. We're using a language that is uh, by its nature it's very limiting. And what we're talking mm-hmm. about here with the freeing of the Earth sister is the recognition of herself as a free being that she is free. We are free. We will accept no images of limitation, an image of a limitation that is presented to us. We are of sound mind. We are mentally healthy. And therefore, we are going to move forward into the fullness of our power of, in terms of evolution. And we are going to bring that forth in, in the space of the totality of our empowerment walking on this earth. That is the promise. That's the promise. And that is the life that I, I now live. And some other day, uh, some other time, I will tell you about how I moved from, you know, from there to here uh, and, mm-hmm. and what it means to become completely activated as the earth sister. Yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful. So it's very, mm-hmm. very eloquent in the way that it streams through you, this transmission of beauty and grace and the majesty of movement that I see in this image with this beautiful vessel that houses cosmic, the cosmic revolution which is what I want to share with everybody. If you haven't watched The Cosmic Revolution on YouTube, it's a video that one of Pamela's students put together that's such a beautiful encapsulation of her contribution to humanity and our perspective of the truth of our totality. It's just so beautifully done. And I want to put a shout-out to look that up on YouTube. And also it's on Pamela's mm. websites that I mentioned before. Um, a couple other things you mentioned here, and I know we're wrapping this up, but I can't help but share. When you said that you encountered limitations in the university system and they were related to language, I'm just wanting to echo that in my experience. And the reason I pulled this quote of all the quotes on Earth Sister forward is because the innovator is someone who can uh, go beyond, and it's this quality of transcending and including, so you can be part of a system mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and transcend the limitations of that system, but include what you learned. I mean, there's so much that you learn from the experience of being in university and gain that you wouldn't transcend and reject everything. You would include the usefulness and then mm-hmm. uh, integrate the new the new vision and the new awareness mm-hmm. and the piece that I'm bringing in and my intention for sharing all this was to help my students see that the system of human design we're working with as one component of genetic alchemy is like the lightning flash where we see how everything fits together, where the I Ching, the astrology, Kabbalah, the tree of life, the chakra system, they're not all separate systems. They're all intricate and connected, and so we see that, and we go and we study the system, but yet we encounter limitations in the languaging. Mm -hmm. And so we start to integrate other tools, like the gene keys, which has a golden path that 
that resembles the lightning path and and that system brought in a whole nother level of language that expanded the bandwidth and created different dimensions mm-hmm. of experience within this mm-hmm. uh, this path and the piece that I'm doing when I'm listening to people in private sessions is I'm tuning into the language and that mm-hmm. tells me where the limitation is and where they're operating out of their genetics and how if we can get them exposed to another level of language in a a frequency bandwidth that they can transcend the limitation but include what they've gained through moving through that that frequency. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like what's been coming through in this conversation has really been supporting Mm -hmm. both um, our experiences as Earth sisters. We're both wind sisters on the calendar, but I feel like my <laughs> journey has been a journey of really being comfortable as a wind sister, the intellectual consciousness and the visionary mm-hmm. piece, but learning how to embody the whole as an earth sister and really mm-hmm. ground it and make it useful and practical. And you've really helped us do that today. And the only thing we didn't get to, which I'd love to, and we'll do it another time because I would never want to... Um, try to squeeze in the beautiful story you have about crossing the threshold from academia into the this mm-hmm. path that you're now on um, and the encounter you had it would be something very lovely for people to hear and when when that opportunity comes I'll make sure to let everybody know and I want to thank you again for your time Pamela thank you so much Cindy you know thank you so much just Thoroughly enjoyed it, absolutely. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for hanging in there with us. We went a little longer than we thought, but we appreciate your time, and um, I know that it was worth it. I can feel Mm -hmm. the energy already echoing out, and, um, yeah. Okay, dear sister, bye for now. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye, everyone.